Thank you so much to the band for leading us in amazing worship. It's just awesome to just be in God's presence. Um, I'm a needy person. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I don't often admit it, but I'm a needy person. Do you know anybody needy? Do you have anybody needy in your life? Is it like nobody's going to admit right now that like don't, don't mention my husband or wife kind of thing because they're right next to me. But do you know needy people? Like I'm a needy person. Like I sometimes have those days where I just need two donuts. Like tonight was one of those nights where I needed two donuts. One wasn't going to cut it. Um, in fact, I just need, I'm a needy person. I sometimes just need a hug. I remember when I started my last year of uni, I, I went to, to London School of Theology. I did it part-time, so I did five years total. I did the last year full-time, but the first four years were part-time. I was absolutely fine with all the equipment, everything I had. But when I started my last year of uni, I needed a new laptop. Like, it was, it was a need. It wasn't a want. It wasn't a, I needed it because I'm writing my dissertation this year. And obviously, that's what I need. I have days where I'm so thirsty that I need a Diet Coke. Oh, there's just something when you... You know what I mean? There's just those days where I need those things. To lose weight, no comments. I saw the laughter in the back. What's up with that? <laughs> to lose weight, I need to stick to the rules. I need to stick to the regime. I need to stick to the diet. I need to do these things, yeah? But the thing is, I've noticed through all of these things that they're actually more wants than needs. You, ever, you, you notice that like the person that you know that's really needy, and maybe that's you, maybe you're sitting in the room going, oh no, he's talking about me, I'm the neediest person I know. They're not really needs, they're wants. I wanted a new laptop. Let's be frank and honest about it. I could have worked with my old one. I could have used the computers at uni, but I justified, I need it. It's a need, I need it. But I just wanted it. What I need when I'm thirsty is some water, some hydration. That's what you need. Your body's created to want to drink, but it needs H2O, it needs water. But I need the Diet Coke, right? That's what's gonna make me better. And to lose weight, I need to, I need to just stop eating like that's <laughs> I don't need to follow anything other than just stop putting donuts in my mouth because I don't need two I don't even really need one but they're so good and there's loads there and thank you by the way for providing the amazing Easter donuts I'm not sure if you noticed they're Easter branded donuts we're there already um, but they're all wants and I wonder I wonder how often we distinguish between those those wants and those needs in our life how often we we actually Convince ourselves that the things that we really want, we convince ourselves that they're needs. Which then makes me ask the question, well, what do I actually need? What do you actually need to live life, to survive? I mean, physically, breath, air, you need food, you need water. But the reality is, is you don't need a really amazing steak with chips and an awesome sticky toffee pudding with a nice big drink. You don't need that. You literally could live off of bread and water. That's all your body needs. That's all it needs to survive. It's not the best survival. Not the most joyous, because we all love a good steak, unless you're vegetarian, sorry, but you know, whatever your veggie option deliciousness would be. Wow, you know what I mean? Like, 
Cauliflower, well, you know, the grilled cauliflower steak thing. I just can't. I mean, I love, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then the thing is, I, 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 I make fun of Chris, but I've toyed with vegetarianism and veganism for, for so often that, like, I just, meat just keeps on drawing me back. But that's a whole other conversation. Um, but, but, and in, in, in we're going to unpack some scripture. We're going to be looking at Jesus' claim of being the bread of life. And I want to just kind of bring to us that I think what we need and what Jesus says more than anything else is that what we need is him. And I think so often we make it really complicated. We make it so much more than what we really need is just him. And Jesus has these seven big I am statements, these things. Now, the fact that he says I am anything in itself is already a massive claim because in using the words I am, he's already claiming to be God. You know, in, in Exodus, when God appears to Moses at the burning bush, and Moses goes through this whole encounter with him, and he's like, okay, you're going to send me, you're going to call me, within well, who do I say sent me? And he says, I am, has sent you. Like God's name, one of his names is I am. So Jesus comes down to this world, starts walking around, and one of his biggest claims right off the bat is, I am. People are ruffled already. Hold on, you, you're God? Who do you think you are? That's blasphemy. If somebody walked in our church right now and said, hello, I am God, we'd laugh at him, call the mental health services, and tell them that there's a problem. Because no one walks around claiming they're God. But Jesus did. He didn't just claim it, though. He was God. And he goes, and the, the bread of life is actually the first I am that he presents himself as. One of the, the seven I am's that we see in the Gospel of John. So we're going to read, I'm going to read to you guys John 6 verses 25 through 59. And you're automatically thinking, oh, that's such a long reading. Oh my goodness, so much scripture. But it just says it so perfectly that I've just got to, I can't say it better than what the scripture itself does. But to set it into context, we're going to pick up in the scripture right after the feeding of the 5,000, one of the most amazing miracles that you could have ever have seen or experienced. Jesus feeds 5,000, well, plus, because it's 5,000 men plus women and children. So thousands with a little boy's picnic. That's all he does. And he feeds them. And after he feeds them, he then sends the disciples to cross on the water. And then he walks on water, which is like a massive thing in itself. But that's only in front of the disciples. And then he's on the other side. And we pick up as we enter John 6, 25. After these two accounts, after the feeding of the 5,000 and after Jesus walks on water. And these 5,000 that were experiencing this amazing miracle of the feeding are after Jesus. They're like, hold on, we need more of this. This guy's amazing. He just fed me with like a little picnic. I want more. So he goes and they go and they go and they find him. And so it says in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they being this massive crowd of people, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Well, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of God that God requires? Jesus answers, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who he has sent. So then they asked him again, okay, well, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? 
What will you do? Our ancestors ate of the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and, I, and still you do not believe. All those that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. At this the Jews there began to grumble. Does that sound familiar? That's like the story of the Jews. Every time in Exodus, oh, oh, I'm not getting my way. We grumble. Maybe you can relate to grumbling. I'm a grumbler. I hate that I'm a grumbler. I pray that the grumbling stop. But oftentimes, I grumble. Tonight, via text message, I was sat in the back looking at my laptop. My wife sent me some text messages, and we were grumbling at each other. We literally said, we're so like the Israelites. We ask for God's blessing. He blesses us, but yet we still grumble. So the Jews, sorry, and that was just me, you know, hey, they grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say I came down from heaven? They're like at this point pretending to be a bit confused. Hold on a second. I don't get it. Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets. They will be, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give you for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Disgusting, weird human being. Who does he think he is? That's, that's Adrian version. Jesus then said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And he said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now there's a load in there, and I get that. 
But there are several points I want to pull out. And the first one is that Jesus, right off the bat, is not about materialism. In his whole spiel of who he is, that he is the bread of life, he is essentially saying what he is not before he says what he is. Did you notice that? I know it's a long reading, but we had to go in it because he starts off by saying, very truly I tell you, you're looking, at, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Essentially, the 5,000 people were like, this guy, Jesus, gave me physical food. I'm hungry. I'm going to be hungry tomorrow. Let's go back to him. He's going to feed us some more. Hey, I want more stuff. I want more stuff. Hey, Jesus gave it to me once, so I want to go after him again. But right off the bat, Jesus comes back and says, no. I'm not about materialism. I'm not about just providing the stuff that you think you want. You came to me because I gave you some loaves of bread. You didn't come to me because of the amazing signs of me being God, of me being the I am. I wonder if sometimes we come to Jesus because we just need something provided. I wonder if sometimes our, our prayers are like, God, I, I need you to do this for me. So Jesus, please do this for me. I wonder how often we come to Jesus with that materialistic view of, I need this, God. But do we really need it? Are we coming to Jesus with our needs or are they wants that I'm convincing myself our needs? God, I need this new laptop. Please, God, I need a new laptop. Is, it, is, it, is that what I'm bringing to Jesus? What do I really need? There's, there's this term that missionaries often use, um, which is rice Christians. It's a bit of a derogatory term, and they don't, I don't think they mean it as that, but if you've ever been on mission, you'll know, and I've been on several times, and if you get to know missionaries who are, who are kind of in the field long term especially, they get to know the communities really well. And part of the way we reach people is by feeding people. Yes and amen. I was reached. God found me because of a flipping barbecue. That's no joke. That's my testimony. I smelt it, walked in. I got preached at. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm with Christians. Like, that's how it happened. And there's, there's this mentality among people in, in worlds where, in, the, in the, third, the third world countries, the developing countries, where they don't have to eat every day. And they have this mentality that actually, if I declare to believe who you're telling me about, this Jesus, you're going to feed me. You're going to give me my necessity. You're going to give me some rice and some beans or whatever is on offer. And so they're termed rice Christians because they don't really come after Jesus for what he is offering. Eternal life. They don't come after Jesus for his love, his grace. They come after Jesus because there's rice on offer. There's food on offer. I wonder how many of us are rice Christians in our world, in our day to day. Do we come to Jesus with the, I just need a meal. I just need this. Or are we coming, realizing who he truly is? The scripture continues, that we read, continues showing that Jesus is not about a set of rules either. Because the people then ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? What do we have to do, God, to, to, earn, to earn this? What do we have to do, Jesus, to earn our status, to earn our rice, to earn our bread? What must I do? And Jesus goes, hold on. What are you talking about? Did I make you do anything when I fed you? When I gave you the, no. But the thing is, in our world, I think some of us prefer tick boxes. And maybe that's you. 
actually, it's really easy. Adrian, if you tell me that I have a list of things to do to be a really good Christian, to, to obey God, what do I have to do? I've got my pen and paper ready. Give me the list so I can write them down and then every day make sure I tick that list. Yeah? Wake up and pray. Tick. Wake up and read my Bible. Tick. Wake up and be nice to people. Yeah, I'm sort of working on that. Wake up and... But, but there's no set of rules. <laughs> they point blank ask Jesus, well, what is it we have to do? Tell us. And he says, well, no. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. All Jesus is saying is all you have to do, all you have to do is believe in me. That works backwards for us, doesn't it? We're doing people. I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Well, no, hold on. I, surely I got to earn my keep, right? You, I can't just get it for free. What? He says, just, just believe in me. Get rid of your tick boxes. Some of us want rules like the 5,000 plus that found Jesus did. But Jesus says, you're not going to get rules from me. I'm not going to give you a tick list. Pause. Please don't hear that and think, oh, so I can be a Christian and do whatever the heck I want. No. The thing is, you don't need to tick the boxes to be part of the kingdom. But as you enter into the kingdom, you realize that there's a, a level to which we are called to live. Your own life is transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you move into different aspects, but it's not a tick. Did that today. Tick. Did that today. Man, I'm on fire today. Tick. Did the third one as well. It's not about that. Again, the scripture continues, demonstrating is that Jesus is not about providing only experiences. Verses 30 through 33. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do, Jesus? And they talk about the, the manna in the wilderness. Now, can we just pause for a second? I started by saying that this crowd of 5,000 plus were fed with a little boy's picnic. Yeah? I mean, what more of a sign do you really want? I have a little bit of food. I've got one pack of donuts. That's all I got left. But here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pass out one pack of donuts and everyone's going to grab one pack, one, one donut. Not only is everyone going to have enough, but I'm going to have 12 packs of donuts left over. Like, if I did that, if y'all experienced the miracle of the feeding of the donuts, y'all would walk away going, flipping heck. Encounter was amazing tonight. Because God showed up and he provided donuts. No, yeah, no, they bought them. No, 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 no. He did it miraculously. It was amazing. We ain't even had leftovers. You, I can guarantee you'd walk out these doors and you'd be like, oh my goodness. The miracle of the feeding of the donuts. It's a sign. In fact, it's one of the signs that Jesus does to declare who he is. And they witness it, they see it, and then they turn to Jesus and say, well, you know what? What are you going to do then? Huh? What are you going to do to show me that you're someone special, that you are this, oh, I am? One, he's already done it. But two, Jesus says to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives you life. 
he's right off the bat saying, uh-uh. Don't come after me just for the miraculous. Don't come after me just for the signs and wonders. And the thing is, that sometimes that is how we come to Jesus. Sometimes we come to Jesus, Lord, make it really clear. I need a real crystal clear sign of what I'm going to do next. I want a burning bush moment. Anybody ever want the burning bush moment? How often, like, when I'm praying through something, I want God to just show up. Everything burning and be like, cool, I got it. I know what I got to do now. But Jesus is saying, no. Don't come to me just for the miraculous. Pause. I'm not saying you're not going to experience the miraculous. I believe wholeheartedly that as we step into a relationship with Jesus, his spirit moves in and through us, and we will see, witness, and be parts of miracles. We pray for it regularly here in this place, and man, do I believe it. But Jesus here is saying, don't come to me looking just for the miraculous sign that I am who I am. He says, don't, don't, I don't need to prove myself. How often do we come to Jesus when you've heard a clear word from God? You ever had the, again, maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm preaching to myself and you know what? Amen, if that's all right. But I've had moments where I've felt God really powerfully speak. Like, Adrian, this is what you have to do. It wasn't quite the voice like that. But you know, I feel, God, I know what God told me to do. But, because I'm me, God, that was pretty clear, but, but I need another sign. I need affirmation that that's what you called me to do. Like, I need a burning bush, God. I need the miraculous, God, because, nah. And Jesus is saying, no. You've had the sign. I spoke to you. I've called you. You don't need that. You want that. You want that miraculous sign so that when you finally step out, you can be 100% certain because you've heard and you've heard it. But actually, God is saying, Jesus is saying, just trust me. Believe in me. And so as he speaks to you, step out. He's not just there. For the experiences. So right now you're probably sat there going, okay, well, you told me a lot of why, what Jesus isn't. But then what does he actually say that he is? And in verse 35, in verse 48, and in verse 51, Jesus says, and he repeats himself, he says that he is the bread of life. Jesus fights against the wants of materialism. He fights against the wants of for law, and he fights against the wants for the miraculous in simply saying, you need me. You don't need, you don't need the material stuff. You don't need the law. You don't need the miraculous. You need me. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Is he saying to you, all you need is me? All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. Can we come back to you in a bit? Cool. All you need is Jesus. And that sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? 
the answer in church is always Jesus. I mean, that's a typical Sunday school answer. Like most kids will say Jesus, even when the question has nothing to do with Jesus at the moment. Jesus is like you got like a 90% shot of getting it right. But the reality is that he is saying, all you need is me. Jesus is pointing out the fact that it's not about these things, the materialism, the law, or the miracles. It's just simply about relationship. He talks about the relationship. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. He is longing to have that relationship with you. He's longing to have a relationship. And I know that that sounds basic, and I know that that sounds ridiculously simple. But when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying, all you need is me. And the way you get me is by entering into relationship with me. You know what I find really sad about this whole encounter with the 5,000 plus people? We read later on in, in verse 66 that some people walked away. They had Jesus in front of them. Just yesterday, he had fed them miraculously. But because they don't like what he has to say, they just walk out. They walked away from Jesus. I wonder how many times we come to Jesus with that desire for just the miraculous, desire for just the material, desire for just that tick box. We don't get our way and we say, you know what? I can't do this. And we walk away. And maybe it's not you, but maybe it's a friend or a family member who's just walked away. And that breaks my heart and it breaks the heart of Jesus because he is saying that all we need is him. And because we don't like it, we walk away. But it comes down to this kingdom perspective because Jesus starts talking about this eternal life. Now, all our eyes can see is this life around us. We can only see this world, this moment. If we're 15, that's 15 years of life. That's all we can see. If we're 50, it's 50. And if we're older, we get to 80, 90. That's all we've been seeing. But the reality is, is that even if we live to like 100 and I think it's 120 something is like the eldest person ever recorded. 120 something that is still but a blip. Just like that. And what is eternity? And Jesus is saying, I am. I am God. Jesus is the bread of life. Question is, is that enough for you? It wasn't enough for some of those guys. Some of those 5,000, it wasn't enough. But Jesus sets the tone that the spiritual is of primary importance in all of this. It's not about the material. It is not about the tick list. It's not even about the crazy sound. It's about his, the, our spiritual walk. You, me, our eternity, our lives. But as people walked away, I love this bit of scripture. His 12 disciples, those who kind of just seen him not only feed the 5,000, but also just saw him walk on water. So like they have, they've seen another extra wonder, I guess you could say. 
But as people walk away, Jesus kind of goes, right, you guys going as well? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I wonder if we can be like Peter. I wonder if we can come to the realization that Jesus is the Holy One. That there is nobody else. That he is the one that we need. I don't need my Diet Coke. I don't need my laptop. But I do need Jesus. Because he is the bread of life. When we come around the communion table, we break bread and we drink wine, remembering who Jesus is, what he's done for us, the fact that we have eternal life in him. That's what it's about. The communion table is such an amazing place to gather around. Because it is a step for us to take and say, you know what? Jesus is enough for me. But is Jesus enough for you? Is Jesus enough for you? It wasn't for many. 5,000 odd people experienced the miraculous. But they wanted more. They wanted a tick box. They wanted just this crazy, nothing but miraculous stuff, experience. Or they wanted provision of things. But Jesus says, I am the bread. All you need is me. So that's the question I have for you guys tonight. That's the question I have. I'm going to spend a few minutes just simply asking Maybe spending time in prayer. Maybe, maybe painting something, drawing something. Is Jesus enough for you? Now, you might be sitting there going, oh my goodness, I'm really uncomfortable because he's, he's not enough for me. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I, I totally want to be, but you know what? I'm, I still want my tick list, Adrian. Or you know what? I'm still after the experience. I need to experience it before. That's okay. Please know this is not about guilt or judgment. This is not, I'm like, right, I'm taking a roll call. Is Jesus enough for you? Good. Is Jesus enough for you? Good. You, you, you. Good. No, they, we're not doing that. Good. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that. It's about you being open and honest. And if your answer is, you know what, right now Jesus isn't enough for me, then ask the question, why? What is it about Jesus that isn't enough? Are you in one of those categories? Are you looking for material provision, that prayer for something physical to be answered? Are you looking for a tick list? Are you looking for an experience? Because Jesus wants to meet with us. He wants a relationship with us. But he openly says it's not going to be through those things. But you know what's amazing is that as we enter into the relationship, as we realize that he is enough, as we step into the fact that it is all about Jesus, there's nothing more to it than that. As we accept who he is, we repent, we step into everything that he has to offer. We accept the fact that God is who he says he is. Actually, all of a sudden, in those moments, 
God by his experience brings, God by his spirit brings experience. God by his spirit brings provision. I have never wanted for anything. I mean, I do in my worldly, but let's be honest. I'm well fed beyond. The moments where I've needed, quote unquote, transport, cars have been literally, I've got, I've been given cars. Not flashy Range Rovers. I didn't need a flashy Range Rover. I needed a, something to get me from point A to point B. God's provided that miraculously. He, he gave the material that I needed, but it didn't come by me saying, right, what are you going to give me, Jesus? And I'll believe you. If you provide a car for me, I'll believe that you are who you said. No. It wasn't just saying, Jesus, you are everything. I don't understand it, God. I don't know, but I'm going to step into you because you are the bread of life because all I need to live in this life is you. And he teaches us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. And you go through that and he says, give us today our daily bread. I'm not going to provide for you for tomorrow. Just ask for me for today. Because all you need is Jesus. That Beatles song, all you need is love. Da, 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 da. God is love. I can totally make this theological. God is love. All you need is God. God is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. You see how? All you need is Jesus. Da, 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 da. All you need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus. But is he enough for you? I'm going to spend a few minutes in prayer asking that question. Maybe you want to gather around a table to write something, draw something. And then the band's going to come up. And then we're going to just pray. We're going to spend some time in worship and we're going to pray. And if you're in that position where you're like, you know what? I want him to be enough. I want everything in me says he is enough, but I've not declared it. I've not stepped into it. Then we want to pray with you tonight. But if you find yourself going, actually, he's not quite enough. There's this stopping me. Then we want to pray with you tonight. That those things not get in the way, not be blockages, not be barriers to you realizing and accepting that Jesus is enough for you. Is that okay with you guys? Yes? Not asleep yet? No. Grab two, three minutes. I'm going to invite the band up. Grab two, three minutes. Just pray. Just ask God. Just meet with him.